Welcome back to another episode of the Autism Everyday Podcast. We are your hosts, Swati and Geeta. So first up, big news. Our podcast made it to the top 100 global autism podcast you must follow in 2021. That's unreal. So unreal. (laughs) So this podcast started out as a means for us to reach people around the world especially during the pandemic yeah, yeah. and just a way for us to put our thoughts and our views out there. I mean, who knew it would build up to what it is today? Absolutely, right? So thank you, all of you, for tuning in, for voting for us, for the killer ratings and for all the love. We're truly honoured. Absolutely, truly, truly honoured. But it feels like we've taken a sabbatical, if you will, from podcasting. Um, So for everyone joining in only now, uh, we're going to run you through the standard introduction. So brace yourselves. (laughs) So Geeta and I are BCBAs. We hold a master's in applied behavior analysis. We're also trained ACT clinicians and we're one of the first trained ADOS2 administrators in India. We also do super cool things like telehealth. We run a school together. We're running an international counseling practice. We've recently written a book that will be out soon. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Send us some good vibes on that front. Otherwise, um, what more? We love dogs. And between us, we have seven dogs at home. (laughs) That's crazy. We have two dogs at school and a cat. So yeah, we're fairly animal crazy. But the other thing that we're mad passionate about Autism. Autism and evidence-based solutions for children with ASD. Not in any particular order, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, so here we are officially in year two of the pandemic. Uh, I can't believe uh, one year has gone by. I remember in March 2020 when the lockdown was first announced and I said like, yeah, I think June we should just be back in <laughs> doing in-person services. And then it's, um, you know, we went on to say, oh, maybe after Diwali. Yeah. And yeah. then it was, I'm sure, January 2021. But then, yeah, it's been a year and a couple of weeks after that. We are still homebound, completely grounded and working out of our home office. So it's been a year, a whole year since we discontinued in-person work and completely migrated to the online mode where we began working with parents who, I must say, took so beautifully to the role of playing therapists, right? Don't you agree? It's just incredible. I mean, um, some of the moms especially, we haven't even met them. I know, I know. And they've, you know, transformed so beautifully and taken to playing this role of the therapist and making such a change for their child. Actually understood autism, Mm -hmm. understood the basic ABA principles. And implemented it. And implemented it. Yeah. All without ever receiving uh, any in-person training. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? That is just beautiful. And yeah. these are these incredible parents that I think we are waiting to meet whenever Absolutely. we can begin service. I think we should do some shout outs now. So shout out to the super cool mom in London and shout out to the super cool mom in Chennai who didn't really get to meet us. Yes. Um, so yeah. 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 Absolutely. So 
the in adding this the telehealth segment to our work just helped us you know start with families in chennai and then there were no barriers we started working with children across the globe um, over the past year we've grown to working with families in europe australia and southeast asia and the past year anything has been a real eye opener mm-hmm. and the sheer amazing ability of humans to adapt to circumstances uh, to see parents and children adapting to the new normal and taking on the seemingly uh, impossible task of becoming therapists within the confines of their homes with whatever limited material they have remember lockdown you can't go to the shop yeah yeah it has been like one big story that deserves to be told and surely we will i think that's a soon. whole different <laughs> podcast yes, right yeah yes. no no but i couldn't agree more mm. so on those lines i was speaking to a family recently mm. fairly new to autism fairly new to aba lovely folks i mean they're really nice and much like any parent who just received a diagnosis they sort of looked around you know went to everybody's best friend google <laughs> yes spoke to people they knew spoke to people they knew in the country outside of the country and sure enough they heard or read some things about aba that are not necessarily true so today we're going to talk about some of the big aba myths aka things that are not true yeah and this lovely family actually came to us and asked us look this is what we hear about aba yeah and if that's true i mean we are really having you know second, <laughs> second thoughts. thoughts yeah no but they're really cool they, they understood cool. it they're Absolutely. super cool yeah so let's look at myth number 1 aba um is only for children with you know extreme difficulties my child can speak he can do so many things he has mild autism and of course he doesn't need aba right yeah so um here's the deal aba is not therapy as much as it's a form of intervention or i'd even go as far as to say it's a method of living it is so aba can be applied to anyone your dogs your parents your children your spouse your neighbors your you know your friends just about anyone so why not your verbal child who may or may not hold a diagnosis of mild to moderate asd there is no rule book out there that states that aba is only for severely impacted or impaired child children right um it can be used and it is used across the board though it has gained popularity as the only evidence based treatment methodology for asd absolutely myth number 2 aba will make my child a robot <laughs> what <laughs> so unless you plan to plant a microchip and go robocop on him <laughs> i just don't see how that could happen yeah so here's what it is like aba is accused of teaching children fixed responses to questions through repeated trials of the same set of questions and answers mhm so the truth is that aba factors in generalization of skills ensuring that the learner or the child is able to respond to normal conversations he's able to respond to the same question asked in like a different sentence structure in varying tones in 
you know numerous real life situations absolutely right one of the classic examples we hear over and over again and this is nothing to do with aba uh, it has everything to do with autism is <laughs> um uh, if the child is vocal then one of the things that the child is taught to respond to questions is what is your name and the child is taught to respond my name is so and so right now the child always responds using the same sentence structure and the people who ask him the question also ask the question with the same sentence structure which is what is your name now if the child was asked the question in uh, and the question was framed in a slightly different manner like hey i am um geeta and you are mhm um the response is the same my name is so and so but the child would probably just look at you because he hasn't been taught how to respond to a question that is asked in a different way and this time it is not the fault of aba uh-huh that is not aba absolutely because aba would make an effort to teach the child generalization and that would mean being able to respond to various sentence structures right so true yeah so myth number 3 ABA will not support my child's real personality. Why is that? Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> It's you know um, often seen as something that morphs a child into something that he is not. Like it's almost like you know against his will. Mhm. Right? Uh it has been accused of changing his personality, making him do things against his will by giving him guess what? Let me guess. Treats. Treats. <laughs> right. It ends up making him a very different person from who he naturally is. That's what it's accused of. So, really speaking, um, what is intervention then? Never mind whether you do ABA or whether you put him in a school or whatever. It may be the philosophy or the methodology that you choose to follow. Why do you do anything at all to the child? if the intention is to let the child be then why intervene at all right if anything aba as a methodology will allow your child to blossom by teaching him the required skills to communicate his needs his wants his likes and his dislikes in a way that everyone around him can understand and what better way to express his own personality than being able to do all of this uh aba would provide him with the required skills for him to be more expressive more at ease with himself by becoming someone who can learn from his environment in a way it's like you know the child being able to recognize his own identity and recognize that yeah he is a person in his own right it's almost all about preparing to live in the real world yeah and for us to live in the real world there are certain things that we grow to change we evolve um to fit in and integrate with the community yes and your child also needs to learn some of those skills yeah yeah and this is what education aims at achieving and this is precisely what aba sets out to achieve right right so myth number 4 aba will make my child fat Uh how exactly unless you're feeding your child foods high in saturated fats and sugar how exactly does behavior analysis make your child fat i'm a little lost here <laughs> it's this one is about reinforcement ah and understanding what reinforcement exactly means 
right there have been uh, posts on some groups where parents have well meaning parents have more warned other parents to never send their child um, for aba why because they have said your child will be fed inordinate amount of kurkure and gems and chips and he will become fat and dependent on junk food right so it's a misconception that reinforcement is always food and it is always junk food it's not a faulty concept by itself but just a faulty interpretation of reinforcement right so reinforcement is reinforcement it's not necessarily food and does not have to be food at all times but having said that i have a question how many of us would pass up our favorite foods if somebody you know gave it to us can i have a show of hands <laughs> on that please i don't think i saw any hand going no we did not we all love food and Absolutely. so do our kids <laughs> so myth number 5 aba will make him dependent on treats and reinforcers we've heard this a lot and let's clear the air on this one we've heard parents say things like When will my child start doing what he needs to do? When will he listen to me without waiting for reinforcement? Yeah. Again it's understanding the concept of reinforcement. Reinforcement done right can work wonders, mm-hmm. but reinforcement done wrong can actually become akin to bribing. Yeah. Right? So it it is a simple yet a very fair complex concept. and beyond all that the truth is we all need reinforcement in our lives mm-hmm. none of us can claim to be these is altruistic individuals who just who just do things because because we do things we all seek reinforcement and so does this child and the aim of behavior analysis is to teach skills so that the child can go on to accessing naturally occurring reinforcements from the environment just like you and me are able to do So the short answer to this question is that the child will need reinforcement as long as you need reinforcement and that's forever else the child and you and anybody else who's functioning under those conditions will be functioning under duress and certainly not in a positive frame of mind so true yeah myth number 6 abs american um it is <laughs> just like let me think kellogg's coke Levi's apple. apple and just about a million other things that we use. Yes, they've all become an integral part of our lives, right? Mhm. Yes, ABA has its origins in a different culture and some of those principles may seem alien to us. Um Indian parenting um and cultural expectations of parenting are very different yeah we don't let our children become independent we feed our children we never let them sleep alone and so on and so forth right but keep in mind that aba principles are very child centric and keep the motivation of the child in mind so what if it originates somewhere else can we not adapt it to our own needs after all it's a set of good teaching principles that have been very effective in teaching children with autism just like apple and levis maybe oh, yeah can we do without them no <laughs> <laughs> so myth number 6 aba uses punishment procedures it's known to be rigid and clinical 
Now, any practice is only as good as its practitioners. And ABA, being an evidence-based procedure, is highly effective when it's delivered in a safe and ethical manner, you know, which us BCBAs are trained to do. Yes, absolutely. ABA is reliant on reinforcement procedures and we most definitely do not advise or use punishment procedures. Again, we do not use punishment procedures. So if your ABA service provider recommends punishment procedures, I would pause and double check their credentials. Yes, very important thing to do. And as for being rigid, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, it's the only methodology that works so specifically on generalization and ensures that every skill that is taught to the learner is functional and relevant to him and to the family. Social significance of the skill is paramount and that means it's customized, it is specific to the family and hey, hence not rigid. Oh yeah. yeah. So with that, we wrap up common myths about ABA. We hope you enjoyed listening to this and we hope we clarified some of the theories that are floating out there. And on that note, go check out our evidence-based blog at behaviorswag.com and our social media handles on Instagram and Twitter. See you around and stay safe.